Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and I'm here with my new friend, Anne Mackey, who is the president of a company called Clear Speech Specialists. She's an expert in speech and communication, working with accented professionals, and she's going to be talking to us today about some of the mental, emotional, relational impacts of being understood or not being understood if you have a an accent or another speech difficulty. So, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to talk to you because if, if in, our listeners know that I've been talking to a lot of different specialists in different areas because all of these things impact our mental health as well as our relationships. And so when I saw that you were a specialist in this area and also that you're somebody that loves Jesus, I thought, let's let's talk and have this conversation because you might be able to shed some light on some things that we maybe haven't considered before, especially if you're somebody who doesn't have an accent. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? Um, actually, too, be, my background is in speech language pathology. I have a master's degree in speech therapy, and I've worked with adults in uh, nursing homes and hospitals and working on all kinds of communication problems. I've also been a director of rehab. And in the past, I was giving a tour to um, a new hire, a registered nurse who was from the Philippines. She was getting a tour of the department where I was working. And at the end of that, she asked me if I could help her with her accent. And I'd never worked with accent and I never gave much thought to it. And I understood her completely. So I was really not sure what she needed. But she told me that she was very self-conscious about her accent and that people didn't understand her at work. And so she'd repeat herself often or spell out the word. And when she spelled out the word, they couldn't understand the letters that mm-hmm. she was saying. <laughs> so it was just a double whammy. And so she uh, asked me if I could help her. And I said, well, what's the main thing that's the problem? She said it was the letter H. So she kind of pronounced it like Esh. And so I said, well, can you say the word age? And she could. So I said, oh, sit down. I think we can fix this in like five minutes. So she did. And we did work on it very quickly. She made the correct pronunciation. And it was her reaction that really got to my heart because she, her, her eyes welled up with tears and her face turned pink. And she almost started to cry as she just said, I did. I did. I said it right. And I said, you did say it louder. Be confident. This is awesome. <laughs> and anyway, it was, it was her reaction that made me realize that there may be a lot of people out there that are very self-conscious 
about speaking with their accent because they're not understood. Mm -hmm. So I studied up everywhere I could under experts. At that time, there were only about three around mm -hmm. the whole country when you had to fly in an airplane and go to their conference. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I'm dating myself. Um, anyway, that was like 17 or 18 years ago. And I learned everything I could about teaching correct American English pronunciation and accent patterns. And that's how I got started. It was purely by chance. And I've just, I've loved it. I can bring a lot of love to people who are otherwise fearful about speaking because of their accent. Yeah. So you're located in Kansas, correct? Correct. <laughs> and so do you see mostly people in person around your area or are you seeing people over Zoom or different platforms like that? It's kind of, um, meandered from the office, the brick and mortar office to online since COVID. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing much more now on Zoom and I would do in person if people are local, mm -hmm. but at my home office or at a location of their choice, but I primarily do it through Zoom now. Okay. That's good to know because listeners from the podcast will be all over the place. And so if they have this difficulty or know someone, then I want to make sure they know how to and how to get a hold of you. And so That's we're going to share all of your uh, links and your website and everything at the end of the episode. But before we get to that, talk a little bit about the emotional impact that you have seen um, the professionals that you work with. Well, like, what are they going through when they can't be understood? Well, it's, it, it's a whole new area for me, you know, when I first learned about this to understand how deep how deep the emotions go for some people. And mm -hmm. you get a mixture. There are some people that it doesn't bother them that people don't understand them and they just run right through the conversation and mm -hmm. get as much out and understood as possible. Mm -hmm. And then others are a little bit more maybe timid or perfectionistic or mm -hmm. they just, they have a, a standard they hold themselves to mm -hmm. that is so high that they actually internalize this and it can range from being frustrated to becoming fearful about making mistakes so they don't want to speak they don't want to speak up maybe on a group um, conference call global international company maybe there's contributions they should make they've got it in their head but they don't want to say it because they're so afraid they'll mispronounce and then it will cause kind of a break in the communication flow. So they keep to themselves. They may become isolated. I have heard some people say they feel ashamed. Oh, that's a big word. I was like, ashamed. Oh my. Accents are 100% normal. And so no one should be feeling that badly and ashamed of themselves. But they simply don't understand what they could do to polish their accent to be clearer. Yeah. And I want to interject that so many times people don't understand that when another person learns English in their home country, it's very frequently taught, you know, either elementary school or middle school and up. So they learn from a book, the reading, the writing and the listening comprehension, mm -hmm. but they're taught by someone in their home country who may speak with an accent mm -hmm. or it may be a British English teacher. So they're kind of acquiring the British English accent. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But um, then what can happen is they come to America or they interact with native speakers of English and they, they realize it's, it's a little bit panicky for them because they're like, Oh, I don't even understand 
what these people are saying are casual English because they've not heard that they've not practiced speaking English. So, wow, what a, what a hardship it is when they get off the plane and they walk through the airport and they're like, ah, oh no, oh no, I don't understand anything. Uh And they can't speak it clearly either. Yeah. Some of I'm, them. I'm so relating to this as a Spanish language learner because <laughs> Spanish was my minor in college. And so I Great. can read it pretty proficiently. And I was writing research papers in Spanish and all of that. <laughs> yeah. But I still have not become fluent. And I was thinking as you were talking, like my mouth, my brain just does not know how to roll R's. If you sound like a native Spanish speaker, I would need to be able to do that, right? I'm always going to sound like I have an accent. That's right. (laughs) And so I can understand um, like native English speakers speaking Spanish better than Mm -hmm. I can can understand Spanish speakers speaking Spanish, right? right? And so I'm I'm just thinking about just in order to like emotionally relate to what you're talking to, I'm thinking about how I feel when I visit a Spanish speaking country Mm -hmm. and that nervousness that I feel like, will I understand? Will I be understood? Will I make a fool of myself? Can, can I just think of the most simple way to get this point across? And so That's right. it's not really doing justice to like the intelligence or the relational skills that I actually have mm-hmm. because that blockage is there. That's exactly right. And it's a good, good point in the conversation to bring this up. So often someone who comes to the United States, they are highly educated in their area of expertise. They might be a physician or they might be an engineer, or they might have a um, pharmacy degree, or they, there's, they're really highly educated. Mm-hmm. And they come to the U.S., and they may not be able to find a job in their their expertise, their career, because of the limitations of the spoken English. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a real challenge. But um, that, that's another their intellect is great. Their English is a hundred percent perfect. Their grammar may be better than some of our high schoolers stepping right. through graduation lines. <laughs> uh, this may, you know, but they—it's just the pronunciation. And the other factor there, when you say that you can't necessarily understand the native Spanish speaker compared to an accented English speaker mm-hmm. speaking Spanish, um, there are other factors that are actually um, quite a maybe more impactful than the speech sounds, whether you trill your R or not, but it's the rhythm, it's the intonation, it's the speed that they speak. And so we need to to modify that as native speakers, as when we're talking to an, an accented speaker, they very often are not understanding us. Mm-hmm. So it really is a two-way street, and there's things we can do on both sides of that fence to communicate more clearly, but it starts with awareness that, you know, we have to be intentional with our communication to make each other understand each other. Yeah, and this is relevant to therapy because even as somebody that has, like, maybe, like, intermediate proficiency in a second language, I don't conduct therapy in that language because... Therapy is so 
deep, like you have to get into those heart conversations. And unless that is your native language or a language that you really spent the time to become fluent in, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do justice to that situation of trying to help the person through those things. And so it usually in, in my situation, it's better to refer a native Spanish speaker to a Spanish speaking therapist because I might understand them, but I'm not going to be able to take them to that level. That's right. Yeah, I understand that completely. There's just too much. There are perfect words for the depth, you know, the conversations that are deeper. And it just may not come to you as naturally to to go that deep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't mean to make this about my Spanish speaking journey. But, oh, no, um, no, it's relevant. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to relate to this to just really feel what it would feel like to live in a country where um, I was asked to speak a language that everybody speaks, but that mine, my ability to communicate in that language is not hitting the mark for some reason. Right. So, yeah. It's it. I think in a lot of cases it creates maybe isolation, mm-hmm. and and rightly or wrongly, I think some people interpret the frustration. It's just pure frustration between one speaker and another speaker that they're not understanding each other. There tends to be friction, a little tension. There could be anger, you know, a call center, for oh, example. Yeah. I, I just I can't imagine what some of those those employees go through because people don't understand them. They're asking to speak to someone else or someone who quote unquote speaks English when in fact that person probably is very fluent in, um, in their English. So, uh, That stress, though, that happens in that communication moment can be internalized and some will feel, this is kind of a big topic, actually, some will feel, because I believe they're kind of programmed in today's world to jump to this assumption right away, that they are being um, discriminated against based on their ethnicity or their language, first language or whatever. I honestly, the people I have spoken to, I honestly think that's not the main issue. We have prejudice. It happens everywhere, unfortunately. But I feel like it's truly the the pure prejudice or racism is minimal. It Mm. is pure, you know, issue of humans are made to communicate. That's what we love doing. That's how we connect. That's how we share God, right? Because we are in this energy and this, this communication flow that is so smooth and wonderful. And when there's, if we're, if we're a train on the track and we're knocked off that train repeatedly, 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 as we're trying to have a conversational flow, then we sort of throw in the towel and give up. It's like, oh, Never mind, <laughs> you know, and that's our nature, but we don't have to react that way. Mm-hmm. We can learn skills that will help us move through that and um, be a little more empathetic and compassionate and get to the real message behind all the struggle yeah. if, if we put that as our intention. Yeah. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, You know, my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, 
I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the eCourse, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. Well, I, I'm thinking about even in personal experience or with clients that I've worked with, when you get the list from your insurance about like which providers you can see and you see people with English last names or even Spanish last names in Southern California, like a lot of that's pretty well accepted. But if you see somebody with a last name that's from Pakistan or another country that or like a lot of doctors, there's really good medical training in India, you know, mm-hmm. like you China. see a name, you see a name like that and you don't have confidence that that person's going to be able to understand and communicate with you about what your medical needs are. That's right. Or that you're going to be able to understand what their suggestions or treatments are. And so you don't pick that person. And so there is a discrimination there just based on their ability to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine if as a professional, you could be the most patient person. And if somebody's constantly saying, I don't understand you, I don't know what you're saying, what, Uh (laughs) you, you would start to feel angry or frustrated or alone and then that would come out in your relationships exactly right there's no way not to that's right act the way that you're feeling and unintentionally i mean it's it's simply human nature to want smooth flowing conversation that's what we do that's what makes us unique in the animal kingdom right we we communicate And so when there are those barriers it just naturally brings about a frustration or a tension and it's unfortunate because it does impact relationships mm-hmm. socially, professionally. There are plenty of people that because they're not well understood in their workplace, they kind of have some limitations on career advancement. And a lot of times the people that seek my services are in that situation and they know if I can just smooth this out, get past this, polish my accent, maybe I have an opportunity to advance and become a manager, a team leader, um, a vice president, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have a side story if you want to hear. Yeah, it I was actually just going to, I was going <laughs> to ask you, do you have any success stories here to share with us? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I actually have many. I worked with some people in banking industry that were like tellers that were kind of put back in an office position because they couldn't really communicate well with the, the customers. They worked with me and then they were moved up the, the line. Now they're a, a, one of the top loan officers, you know, interacting greatly, great with customers. And so that's one side one. But a medical one, um, sometimes these situations when people don't communicate clearly are, like we say, very stressful you know, a lot of tension, they damage relationships to some extent or another. Sometimes they're an opportunity 
for a doctor to get some feedback and maybe seek services or or make an effort to improve their pronunciation. There was one doctor that recently found me, just went through LinkedIn, I guess, and found me at Clear Speech Specialist, and he wanted to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, and was, I was happy to do that. He told me kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back, or the you know the final straw was he he's an uh, internal medicine specialist originally from Turkey and works in New York, those things he doesn't mind, I'm sure if I share, but he was working with an elderly woman in the, in his office doing an examination. She's a little hard of hearing, which that becomes another complicating factor when there's yep. a heavy accent. And he, she wasn't understanding some of the things he was saying, but he was telling her step-by-step step what he'd do for his examination. And he told her that he needed to check her prostate. And she said, eyes got huge. I haven't she said, got one. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you need to check my what? <laughs> and he repeated and she was like, I, I don't think so. And anyway, what it turned out he was trying to say was I need to check your pulse rate, uh, your heartbeat in your wrist, your pulse rate. And they ended up having a big laugh about it. He told me I could tell this story out there, but, um, you know, he was like, I, he said, I think uh, it's time. I just need to do some polishing of some of these things. Mm -hmm. And we worked together and he did great. I want to share on the side. He also shared with me that as far as how that makes you feel or the relationship issues or whatever, he's in a medical practice that has multiple specialties. And every single one he told me in the office has been asked to do a presentation mm -hmm. to the professionals. Mm -hmm. However, he has not been asked to do mm -hmm. a presentation. So you have to wonder, he's feeling a little self-conscious. He thinks it may be his accent and he's a wonderful person, just the biggest heart, great, great physician. And so, you know, that self-consciousness that comes in, um, it doesn't have to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So imagine with someone like that, if you wouldn't mind just taking us through a little bit of the process. So you're listening, you're, you're um, trying to understand what particular sounds they're having difficulty with or a combination of, um, yeah. Can you take us through that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. What I usually do, I used to do a big formal test and I'd go through, they'd say, read this aloud and I'd make my notes and all of that. But after 17 years of doing this, I pretty much, I can have a conversation with someone and pick out the, the most salient issues for their their individual accent that need work and then kind of develop a plan quickly from that. But very often the, I'm listening to consonant sounds and, and vowel sounds, of course, but very often the most dramatic challenge in their accent has to do with the speech rate, how fast they speak, the rhythms that they're using their word emphasis or not emphasizing a word. Mm -hmm. We we emphasize something called content words, which I can explain a little bit more if you want more information on that. But also their syllable stress, because listen carefully, if they put their, their emphasis mm -hmm. on the wrong syllable, mm -hmm. okay, our brain puts on the brakes and they go, oh, what? Yeah. Or record, record. Mm -hmm. One's a noun, one's a verb. And so those things are also a key 
thing to pick out and work on. I believe it's the, the research says around 70 to 75% of what we understand when we listen to someone else who has an accent. It's the rhythm and the the cadence, the intonation, the voice inflection, those things carry about 70% of our meaning. Yeah. So if that's off, and it's very commonly off in someone who is from India, any of the languages from India, Hindi or otherwise, they're not, they're not off like bad. They're just not standard mm -hmm. so that our, we get, we get also the same from China, from Vietnam, um, actually Vietnamese people. I love working with them. Their language, the, the first language, whatever someone speaks as their first language, it has its own rhythms and patterns and speech sounds. And that overlays the new patterns of speech sounds and rhythms and all that they've learned with English. So that mixture is what an accent is. Yeah. And it carries over. So Vietnamese, get this, it's so hard to believe. They don't have any consonants at the end of words mm. ever. And we emphasize consonants mm. at the end of words because we use that to link into the next word. Right. So if they're missing, it gives a very choppy, 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 choppy sound instead of the flow, the musical cadence mm -hmm. and flow of American English. So those things are what, what impact Mm -hmm. um, their accent and make it difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. So back to your question, I listen for the intonation components. I listen to the speech sounds and substitutions that they're making for consonants and for vowels. Mm -hmm. And whereas in Spanish, it would not be a big deal at all if, if you don't trill your R's, right? They're still going to know the word that you said. But in English, oh my gosh, I have such empathy for the people that are not native speakers because they have to learn this. When you substitute a vowel or a consonant, we will hear a completely different word, often inappropriate to that context. So it throws us off just not following the message. It's like, what do you mean you have to put on your goat? Okay, it's not goat, the animal, it's coat, yeah. right? Or when you say, um, where do you leave? You don't, they don't, they're not saying, where do you exit? Mm -hmm. They're meaning, where do you reside? Where do you live? So leave, live, mm -hmm. uh, coat, goat, or other things. Of course, it gets really embarrassing for them. Unfortunately, there are the, you know, words that are kind of like naughty words. You don't mean to say you want to yeah. go to the beach, but you say, Bleh. you know, so <laughs> it's like, I just, can't, I'm going to go to the ocean. I'm just going to say, I go to the ocean. Yeah, you take <laughs> you know? a different word all strategy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, so I'm busily, we just have a conversation and yeah. I'm busily writing down the things I'm hearing. And then I prioritize the things that I think would make the biggest impact the mm -hmm. fastest. Mm -hmm. And then they have sessions with me. And if, that hasn't fixed everything and they choose to go beyond, then that's an option. Or they can jump in a group class too. Mm. So you do groups as well? I do. Yes. I've just created an eight week course that I really love. It's comprehensive uh, on the, the most essential things for someone to, to learn, to mm -hmm. polish their accent. And by the way, I don't try and eliminate the accent mm -hmm. because most people do want to keep their accent. They just want to be clear. Mm -hmm. So I have that eight week course and it involves 
pre-recorded lessons, but it also involves live practice, live question answer, and I'm throwing in um, a pronunciation AI app for daily oh, feedback. Wow. 10 minutes a day, they can do that to really keep lots of practice time mm -hmm. going without paying a lot of money to do that. Mm -hmm. So tell us, uh, what are what's the difference in the demeanor or the confidence or the, you know the emotional well-being that you're seeing with some of the people that have been successful with your program mm -hmm. i i get feedback all the time about how they are so happy that they feel like they are much more their true selves you mm -hmm. know rather than recoiling and saying i'm not going to even say anything they're brave and they're able to speak out they feel happier their social relationships are improving they um, have much more confidence because mm -hmm. now they have knowledge of what they were doing that wasn't working what they can do to change it and then practice and master it so that they're clear mm -hmm. and i will say one of the engineers i worked with um, in aerospace i'm Wichita, Kansas, so we're the air capital of the world. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of aerospace type uh, aviation companies where they build and, and create airplanes. Mm -hmm. And one of them was working in um, one of the big, big companies here. He worked with me because he had been put into a manager position, but he said, nobody respects me. Like mm -hmm. I say, you know, I asked them to do something and sometimes they don't even do it or they sort of just blow me off or whatever and I feel like it's my accent well when we dug deeper it wasn't really so much the speech sounds that he thought were the problem it was again the intonation because there is there's hidden meaning hidden authority that comes with the way that we move our voice to make a statement and he would say something like I need you to give that to me by Monday at eight o'clock like it's an option Drifting. yeah like if you want to yeah. <laughs> right it it wasn't clear i need you to get this to me monday by eight o'clock mm -hmm. that just carries down. Yeah. yeah it comes down and it says i mean it i'm serious i'm the boss and you know it, it, it's a whole different message that is unspoken but that carries through your voice yeah. so we worked on that he stopped doing the upward endings on all he did this constantly spanish speaker he was constantly doing that uh, in his speaking and in just a matter of maybe a month two months he came back to say oh my gosh I love this job I've got now. Everybody mm -hmm. respects me. I'm telling them things. They're doing things where, you know, even just socially, he's being invited out to go places and mm -hmm. participate in the gatherings that are outside of the work hours. So that made me feel great that he, he learned that and it really made an impact in his life. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit as a follower of Christ, like how does your faith inform the work that you're doing? That's a good question. I, I feel like I'm sort of always immersed in God, everything I do. It's like the first thought on my mind in the morning. It's the last thought on my mind at night. And God is love, right? That's, that's the main message here for everyone is God is love. I obviously work a lot with people of other faiths. Mm -hmm. um, I work with Christians. I work with Muslims. I work with Catholic um, faith. I work with all kinds, even Buddhists. So I... I feel like truly there's such a, mm, I hope this doesn't 
offend your audience at all, but I, I'm actually, I'm a real, not fundamental in the way of fundamentalist Christian, but I am a, I am a basic believer in God and I'm not so much, um, judgmental or critical of, of, or participating in religion, right? The man-made component of all the rules of what we're supposed to do in each religion and all. So I feel like God has directed me, given me some gifts and talents to connect deeply with people of all faiths all around the world and to hear their emotion and hear their pain and connect with that, feel it deeply mm -hmm. and have skill sets that will help me move them out of that and ease their path in this brief journey we're taking called life. You know, mm -hmm. I do believe we're spiritual beings and we are living a physical life for mm -hmm. this brief period and that God is, should always be our focus in everything we do with every person. So I pray for my, my clients before I meet with them. And if they share personal information that requires prayer, I'm happy to offer that with them. Um, not that we necessarily pray in a session. Some aren't comfortable with that, but I will take my time before bed and include them in prayer and, and do all that I can to show them God through my love and my kindness mm -hmm. and my compassion and empathy that it, that he's given me. That's just what I, mm -hmm. that's how I operate. So I feel like I, I obviously am a Christian and I, I would love everyone to be a Christian, but that's kind of a stair step process for people to find that in mm -hmm. their lives. And if they're open to it, I'm ready to share. If yeah. they're not, I just model God's love. Yeah. I love them to use your gifts and to give them a positive encounter with a Christian person. Right? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. That's yeah. great. So to end our, our episode, you're prepared. You know, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing for soul care? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, for soul care, I, I do a lot of different things, but some of the, the most important things I do is I serve others. So I serve others and I serve animals. <laughs> That's a lot of my, my soul healing time is helping those in need, whether it's a person or an animal. I also spend a lot of time in nature walking and being grateful. I pray. I have my Bible time, of course, every morning and gratitude is my focus. Just keeps me so happy knowing all those things that I've been blessed with that I don't deserve, but I have. So I'm so thankful to God. And one of the interesting things I do, um, Someone shared with me um, on YouTube, you can go and look up healing frequency music. Mm -hmm. It's like none. It's just instrumental, mm -hmm. but it's like 432 is a Hertz level yeah. that is supposed to be very in tune with the earth and nature and God. And I listen to that before I go to bed and it just makes me so relaxed. It puts my brain kind of in theta waves, which are the relaxed waves of the brain. And that just is so relaxing and healing. I just sleep like a baby when I listen to that. So those are yes. some of the things That's I do. That's a good variety of different ways that you're caring for yourself. And yes. I love when I ask this question because there's some answers that come out from a lot of 
of Christian people like, well, I got to read my Bible and pray and that keeps me grounded. But then there's just such a variety of the way based on your personality and your body and your experiences that God has allowed you to figure out, like, what do you need to do to care for yourself? And that's right. Being yeah. able to give out is one of the ways that he made you. And yes, probably how he made all of us, but he, you're just really in tune with that, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, the older I get, the more I am that way. I just, I, I put aside a lot of the little things. I mean, you just don't sweat the little things, they say. Mm-hmm. And the big things are our hearts and our love and mm-hmm. touching others, whether it's animals or it's people in a deeper way to just ease their journey. You know, we're not here very long. We might as well make it as easy as we can for those who we meet on our path is my philosophy. Yeah. And I know your clients really appreciate your gentleness as well. So yeah, they've, they've said so they do appreciate (laughs) that. They feel safe. I think that's another word that's kind of overused these days, but they do feel comfortable. They feel um, honored um, by you know, my understanding of what they're going through and my empathy to be, to be gentle. And my feedback is very gentle. They don't, I don't, I don't slap the ruler on the table or, you know, <laughs> just, just how could you make such an error? You know, yeah. nothing like that. Well, real quick, before we go, how can people find you? Do you want to mention your um, social media, your website, anything like that? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, right now, I, I would say if an individual is accented and someone or someone shares this podcast with someone and they are accented and they would like to to kind of have some free things to help them along their path, I would send them to my website, which is www, of course, clear speech specialists, it's plural.com. And that has like a free um, accent training guide and seven easy steps for someone to kind of, it's an audio file and a written um, printable PDF, but that would give them some real guidelines on some of the priorities, what to do. And if you follow that through, it also goes to another page that offers a 45 minute free consult with me um, called the American Accent Success Checkup. And we're just going to take a quick listen to your accent and I can give you those priority tips on things I'd recommend that you work on. And if someone has more interest in classes, we can look at that too after that, but no pressure to do that. This is completely free. If it's a corporation, I would recommend maybe they connect with me on LinkedIn, someone in HR or whatever, and that's linkedin.com slash I-N slash Ann Mackey, A-N-N-E-M-A-K-I. And then they're also welcome to email me at Ann at English hyphen accent.com or my phone number. 316-680-8611. So I'd love to visit with someone if I can be of any help. Well, I will include all of those links in the show notes. So make sure you check those out and um, pass this episode along to someone that you think may be helped by this. Absolutely. I really enjoy sharing these resources with everyone. So oh. and for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.